Hey Hoosiers, welcome to the All Careers Considered podcast, where we explore the amazing things you can do during and after college with your liberal arts degree. I'm your host, Maria Kiambone, a career coach for undergraduate and graduate students attending Indiana University's College of Arts and Sciences. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Katie Beck, the Director of Student Affairs at the Maurer School of Law and an IU alumna from the class of 2009 today. Hey, Katie, thanks so much for being on our show. Hey, Maria, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, this is fabulous. Um, so, Katie, today we're talking about students making big decisions about whether to go to grad school, right? Um, a lot of students, especially mm -hmm. undergraduate students, uh, are seriously considering waiting out this economic downturn that's a result of COVID-19 by continuing their education. Um, and I see a lot of parallels between uh, this graduating class of 2020 and maybe the next graduating class of 2021 and people who graduated with the class of 2009, like you. Um, so I thought you might be a great person to have on the show. Yeah, I think I might have some experience that could help at least um, guide some people in, in what they might be wanting to consider when they're making this decision, because it's obviously a big decision that's going to impact sort of the trajectory of your your career and your life to, to a large extent. So, yes, I'm super happy to be here um, and to share whatever wisdom I may have gleaned through my own life experience. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so could you start out just by telling us about your background as a student at IU? what it was like graduating in 2009 and, you know, what made you decide to go to law school? Yeah, absolutely. So I attended IU from 2005 to 2009. I was in the Kelly School of Business and um, really enjoyed my time as an undergraduate. So I um, imagine I um, share that experience with a lot of you recent graduates. Congratulations, class of 2020. Um, and also exciting for the incoming seniors for the class of 2021. What an exciting way to end your time at IU. Um, so in 2009, uh, my graduation year, we were just kind of coming off of a humongous economic downturn, which was pretty unexpected and shocking and came kind of out of nowhere, a lot like the coronavirus for, for you current um, recent graduates and soon to be graduates. Um, so I was sitting in the fall semester of my senior year at Kelly, which was, you know, usually when people are going on those interviews and getting job offers and sort of lining up what they're going to be doing for the next few years after they graduate, at least, and just literally before my eyes watching all of those job opportunities disappear. Um, companies were going under wholesale, you know, hiring freezes being put in place, just a total transformation of what the landscape looked like in front of us from almost one day to the next. So that was pretty scary. And I imagine that's kind of scary for a lot of you too to be feeling like, wow, everything that I thought was going to be there for me waiting on the other side of this four-year tunnel is maybe not going to be there. I don't know. And um, yeah, that's super scary. So I think like the first thing is to acknowledge that if that's how you're feeling, like that's really normal. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's like a legitimately sort of unsettling type of uncertainty to have to face. But <laughs> I think there's also a lot of um, growth that you get out of being confronted with that type of uncertainty and learning how to deal with that because uncertainty is a fact of life. <laughs> so this is sort of an, an opportunity in a lot of ways for you to have a very clear example of something that 
everybody can relate to because everybody in the world is going through this together. And so they're going to understand when you tell them, oh, I graduated the year that the coronavirus happened. They're going to automatically know what that means for, for you in terms of what you're facing right now. So it's not, in one hand, like that's kind of a, an advantage, right? That you're, you're not alone in what you're facing. And that's sort of a similar thing to, to what I was facing. So anyway, to get back to your question, in 2009, I graduated and I was completely facing a new set of, of circumstances. I had already been considering going to law school. I really didn't think I'd do it right after I, I graduated. I had sort of thought that I would work for a few years um, for lots of reasons and then find my way back to law school seemed like a probable possible possibility in my life, but it wasn't the decision I was, you know, hoping to make right then. Um, but, you know, but circumstances changed and I saw that as a good opportunity to just move that direction um, and, and, um, and sort of pivot um, to react to the moment. And I think that's probably what a lot of you listeners are considering right now. So I did that and I decided to go to law school. Um, I spent sort of my fall semester not frantically, but sort of somewhat unexpectedly applying to lot, lots of law schools in my spring semester, visiting a lot of them and trying to decide what would be the best fit for me. I decided to go to a school called Northeastern University School of Law, which is in Boston, and um, absolutely loved and enjoyed my experience there when it traded for anything. But I definitely have thoughts about, you know, in retrospect, um, how much value I was able to get out of that experience. Um, because I went straight through and I didn't have a lot of necessarily sort of like life experience to um, rub my learning up against. So, um, but after law school, I ended up uh, graduating in 2012, moved to Costa Rica pretty much right after law school to continue a project that I had begun while I was still a student, um, which developed into a nonprofit that I worked on for several years then. Um, and then after about five years, more or less, in Costa Rica, I decided to find my way back to the United States, looking for new professional opportunities, and um, really had um, started doing a lot with um, students and through service learning programs, and had really loved my um, professional connection to higher education. So I came back to IU, and I got a job at the media school as their director of experiential education, which is how I know Maria. So yeah. I spent two years doing that. Yeah, um, I spent two years working with media school students. Um, and then uh, last summer, I moved over to the law school as their director of student affairs. So it is not necessarily what I would have pictured myself doing when I attended law school, but it's actually <laughs> not too far from, from what I, the type of work I thought I might be doing and the, and the types of sort of skills and capacities that I hoped I'd be able to employ in whatever sort of professional um, career path I ended up on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Katie, you, you said something in there that caught my attention. Um, you mentioned that at first you'd been planning to go into industry for a little bit, do some work for a number of reasons, um, and then go to grad and then go to law school. And your plan changed. You decided to go directly from undergraduate to law school. And you mentioned that um, having some more life experience built in between your undergraduate and your law school experiences might have given you some different perspectives. Um, I often don't hear this as a part of students' considerations when they're talking about when to go to graduate school. Um, I hear students say things like, gosh, I know I'm already in the school mindset. I have all these study skills that I'm accustomed to using. I know how to do school right now. I don't wanna have to transition out and then transition back in. Um, maybe it makes the most sense for me to go now. So can you tell me more about the other side of that equation with how, how does having work experience in between undergraduate and grad school benefit you when you're in grad school? Absolutely. So I'm 
I mean, I think you're right. Like there are some benefits to being in school mindset, like, you know, understanding how to structure your schedule and sort of being adapted to that. But I also think that, you know, the work, the lifestyle associated with working full time in a professional field is really different <laughs> from school. Um, and the types of the ways that you're learning also are really different. So you're not going to be in a situation where it's clear what the topic that you're supposed to be, you know, consuming and, and understanding and developing expertise on is, um, and that you have, you know, clear expectations of what you're supposed to do to show your, you know, professor or, you know, in a work context would be your supervisor that you've learned what you're supposed to learn and um, have sort of synthesized that knowledge. In a work context, it's much more ambiguous. And so you're learning skills that you just, frankly, just don't learn in an environment, in an environment like, um, like education. So, um, and those are all really valuable skills that then I think if you have the chance to be sort of out in the workforce, developing sort of those like a lot, there's a lot of more amorphous skills, right? Like I'm mentioning sort of identifying what the problem is, even in the first mm. place is a hugely important skill um, that comes with practice and time and experience and frankly, getting it wrong a lot of times and learning by making mistakes and, um, and adjusting your approaches. Um, um, you, you gain a lot of that just by the fact of having the problem set of whatever your work environment is in front of you. And you also have the whole extra problem set of navigating relationships within that work environment. Mm. Um, and that's something that looks really different when you're in a classroom setting to when you're in a professional setting. Um, and so those types of skills, I think, then if you come back into higher education at a later point, um, they can help you really make meaning of what it is that you're being asked to do in a different way. Um, it can help you also understand a little bit better how to prioritize. I think sometimes, um, you know, students, when, the, when their education is their primary duty, because I understand students are in different situations too. There may be some students who are already used to balancing work and school and having obligations outside of school, taking care of family members, et cetera. Um, they've already honestly had the chance to think about a lot of those difficult decisions about how do you balance limited resources of time and energy, um, whereas a lot of students who have the benefit of being full-time students, um, really your primary endeavor is your own education, which is a huge privilege in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So you haven't necessarily been in a situation where you've had to say like, oh, I only have so much time to do this. What's going to be, I'm on deadline. Like my supervisor needs me to turn in a memo. How do I think about the hour that I have in front of me and how I'm going to use that hour to do the best memo that I can, but also be content with what I turn in, knowing that it might not be the best thing I could have turned in if I had 10 hours to work on it. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily confronted with those types of situations all the time when you're only a student. Um, and so I think that a lot of students who end up coming back to education for, um, for masters or, or advanced degrees after they've been out working for a while, find it to benefit them so much because they're already sort of in this place where they can say, this is what I have to do. I can assess my competing interests and my deadlines and my timeline. And I can, I can just sort of focus myself in a different way to get the work done and still do my best work, mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily allow it to consume my entire day. Like it yes. might have if, if you were only a student used to pulling all nighters or finding, or, you know, working up against deadlines in different ways. So those are just an example. Yeah, yeah, those are great examples. Thank you. And those are good things to be thinking about as folks are deciding, you know, is graduate school right for me right now? Mm, you know, there's a lot that goes right. into that equation. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think some other things, like there's just sort of things about life that when you're in the somewhat bubble of college, you don't get exposed to. So I remember being in law school and learning about like mortgages and like, I know what the word mortgage means, but I don't necessarily have a concept of what that looks like in real life or how that plays out. Now that I'm an adult, unfortunately, I know a lot about what a mortgage means and what it looks like. <laughs> so that's just an example. And I feel like if I had, you know, perhaps just had a little bit more opportunity to grow in maturity and life experience before I had the opportunity to be in a law classroom, I might have picked up on a lot more stuff that just frankly, I didn't have any life experience for it to rest on top of, for it to sort of attach to. Mm-hmm. So I think about that too, in retrospect, yeah. about my own decision to go straight through. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. um, let's see. So can you tell me what are some other things that students could be considering right now when they're deciding whether to continue their education? You know, some of those things might be, do they have interest in, in mm-hmm. higher education beyond their undergraduate degree? Um, you know, are there, are there job prospects? in industry markets that interest them right now, um, you know, or, or is their industry crashing, um, you know, and, and is that something to consider? Right. Are um, there opportunities to do coming, coming about because of the changes that are just happening? Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a lot, to, there's a lot to think about, right? So you're thinking about, you know, school isn't free. That's one fact. I mean, there might be some lucky few who get fellowships or scholarships or have other sources of support or for which money is not the issue, in which case, wonderful for you, congratulations. That's, I doubt the like, reality of most students. So obviously that's a huge concern. What's it gonna look like money-wise? If you were gonna spitball, how much, and I can put this information in the show notes as well, because neither one of us looked this up before our recording. Um, <laughs> but if you were gonna spitball, how much does a graduate degree cost? Well, I think it really depends on the program that you're looking at, right? So when you're talking, a lot of master's and PhD programs come with some sort of sort of fellowship attached where the idea is that they're covering part of your tuition and you're also teaching as part of your obligation um, to pay, um, but you're also not working and making an income. And so you have expenses of real life, like rent and food and whatever other obligations and perhaps your undergraduate loan payments um, to consider in thinking about what your day-to-day budget reality is going to look like, what type of lifestyle you're going to be able to afford. Um, different programs for law school is one of the more expensive graduate programs as far as I understand. Um, and so depending on what sort of scholarship situation you're looking at, I mean, that is tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars that is going to be added or become your student debt burden. Um, so that is a significant life decision and commitment to make. Um, you know, on the flip side, I think there's a possibility that there might be scholarship opportunities um, in a moment like this when schools perhaps are also looking at the uncertainty as affecting their incoming classes decisions to defer or come. So perhaps there's opportunities. I don't know that <laughs> for a fact, but I can imagine there might be some um, to find scholarships that might not have otherwise existed, um, mm-hmm. in which case that could factor into your decision. Maybe there's an opportunity to find funding um, because of this that wouldn't have otherwise been there. But mm-hmm. I mean, realistically speaking, it's going to be however many years of your life the program is where you will be on a restricted budget to the, at, at the very least. And um, 
most likely not earning any type of stable income other than whatever loans you're taking out. Um, and then whatever loan burden that's going to leave you with at the end is going to be significant. So in my sort of personal experience, I was taking, I was factoring all of these considerations. Another thing I think that life experience gives you is a better concept about the value of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that my perception of what law school debt and like the numbers that they attached to it really meant <laughs> to yeah. be right, quite frank. It's I remember been, that feeling for myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I was super lucky. I got scholarships to attend undergraduate. So in my head, I was also saying, you know, I avoided student debt this far. At least I'm not going into grad school with undergraduate debt. And so I sort of justified that for myself to give myself more leeway in terms of taking on debt, which obviously I pretty much regret now. But you know, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm, in, I'm on the other end of it. I'm starting to pay it. I'm paying it off. So, um, and I'm also making decisions around a decision that I made back then, which was to rely on public interest loan forgiveness. Uh-huh. Um, that's sort of what my sort of personal expectations about my career path made sense anyway, that I would likely be working in a qualifying position for public interest loan forgiveness, which is a federal program that helps forgive student loans for students who are working in qualifying positions. Um, and a lot of law students who go into public interest work really depend on that program. So that was also part of my equation. But what that means now in practical terms is that I am really bound to be working in positions that will qualify for that loan forgiveness program. So it's great because I love working for a university and public universities qualify, but it has, oh, it has sort of restricted what types of opportunities I've allowed myself to consider. And so that's also something to really be honest with yourself about is like, do you want to close yourself off of other opportunities by making this decision? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that is the right choice, but just thinking really clearly about what all of your opportunity costs are as well is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that is so helpful to think about how the funding choices you make going into graduate school can really shape the next 10, 12 years of your career going forward. And I think that's something that students simply don't know about, right? We, in in undergraduate, we don't always talk about where these funding sources come from and what paths they might lead you on. Yeah, that's helpful. Yeah, and I also think, yeah, and I think there's a lot of just sort of like, un, it's uncomfortable to think about mm. having that type of debt, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, there's some feeling of shame too to having a lot of debt and like people don't like to talk about it out loud, even though like so many of us are in the same situation. It's not really yeah. something that you like to broadcast. And so it's hard to get clear information about making good decisions and like what's too much? Like what does this look like realistically? What how much money am I going to be paying back every month? And so having conversations with a financial aid advisor can be really helpful because they're experts in this. They think about this all the time. They're not scared to talk about it with you and mm-hmm. tell you frankly what your situation might look like. Um, ask you questions that'll help you navigate um, the best decision for yourself. So really finding some expertise to talk through specific aspects of these considerations and finding the experts and um, you know, using the resources that you have within your departments and your school programs to um, to help you make a really informed decision. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that makes me think of Money Smarts, which is a mm-hmm. financial aid consultant um, which is available to all IU students and IU staff and faculty. 
Um, I'm going to check out what Money Smarts does in terms of helping people plan for graduate school, and I'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much Great for idea. plugging yeah. that for me. Yeah, yeah. Great resource. Um, mm -hmm. So let's, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the value of uh, do you do you decide to go to graduate school now or do you decide to wait a couple of years and work a little bit? Um, we've talked about uh, the cost of going to graduate school, uh, different kinds of funding for that. Um, are there other things that students should be considering um, when they're deciding whether to continue their education now, whether to continue their education at all, or whether to wait a couple of years, try a job search, uh, and then maybe go to graduate school after they've worked for a couple of years? What else should be on their radar? Yeah, I mean, I think the sort of like elephant in the room, the more fundamental thing we haven't even mentioned is what do you want to do? Like, what are your life goals? What are your, what's your career path? Oh, so, I mean, I think that the most important thing and possibly an elephant in the room that we haven't addressed is like, really, what do you want to do? What are your goals? What are your passions? Where do you see yourself in five years and 10 years upon retirement when you're, you know, receiving the accolades from your many coworkers for all of the, you know, things that you've done in your long story career? What does that want to, what do you want that to look like for yourself? Obviously, you don't need to know that in, you know, fine detail because you frankly, you don't have as much control over that as you think you might. But I think really having sort of like a heart to heart with yourself about what's important to me in my professional career. Is it achieving certain milestones, achieving a certain title or a certain position? Is it focusing on and being able to on a daily basis exercise certain skills and traits that make me feel really good and useful to the world what specifically are those traits and skills and what specifically about them makes you feel useful and how does that align with a job that eventually mm -hmm. someone's going to pay you to do you know yeah. So how yeah and, and thinking also open-mindedly about the different ways that could look um so we're seeing, you know, new industries being created, old industries crumbling, sometimes in surprising ways. So I think keeping an open mind and being less specific about, um, you know, the company, the specific job, the specific title that you want to achieve and thinking more about capacities and skills and contributions that you want to make is going to help you keep an open mind and also be able be receptive to opportunities when they, as they sort of come past you because, you know, if you're not looking at something, you're not going to, you're not going to see it. Um, so that's one thing. So like really some self-assessment about what you want to do. And then, you know, backtrack from there, like, okay, does that thing that I want to do require a specific set of skills that have to be validated by some form of, form of certification or licensing? Are there steps that are, I am required to take in order to be able to exercise those skills? If you want to be a doctor, obviously you have to go to medical school. If you want to be a practicing attorney, you have to go to law school. So, I mean, there's certain paths that require higher education, in which case your question isn't necessarily, do I do this? It's more of a matter of, do I do this now? Um, mm -hmm. And so I think then, that's the first question to ask for yourself. And if the answer is no, this is not required, then it's a different you know, set of questions you want to ask yourself is like, okay, then why am I doing it otherwise? Like, mm -hmm. is it really, is it going to give me knowledge that I cannot otherwise obtain? Is it going to connect me to a network of peers and potential collaborators and colleagues and mentors and future employers that otherwise I cannot obtain? In some cases, in, in, you know, in some industries, that is definitely how things work, in which case that will inform your decision in one way. In a lot of other cases, 
it might not be mandatory. Maybe it's for your personal fulfillment or enrichment. And honestly, that can be reason enough if that makes sense for you. Um, but one thing that I hear some students say, and I definitely want to dissuade as being a dominating or singular reason for choosing basically any future path is because other people want you to do it. Mm. I think that that is a recipe for feeling dissatisfied um, mm -hmm. in, in your in your work. If that is a primary or the only reason that you're, say, going to law school is because your parents expect you to, I really think that deserves a much closer inquiry um, because I think that really just devalues the importance of your own sense of personal satisfaction in, in moving forward. You're going to be spending all day, every day, countless hours. Your passion, your energy, every day that you wake up is going to be working towards something and you want to make sure that that's something that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gosh, Katie, are, are you sure we can't get you to come be a career coach? Because I think <laughs> you sound just like a career coach right now. <laughs> Maybe we can negotiate, but, but probably not. <laughs> I kind of like right now. Yeah, I like yeah. that right now. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. Well, gosh, you've given me lots to think about, and I hope you've given our audience and our students a lot to think about, too. This has been really helpful. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for sharing your great experience with us today. You are so welcome. Absolutely. And good luck to all of you out there who are, who are working on what that next step is. Katie, thank you so much for coming and, and talking to our audience on the show today. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to All Careers Considered. If you're looking for some individual help with your graduate school search, or if you're thinking about how you can personally make this decision, you're welcome to hit up a Walter Center career coach online anytime, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can find us at the Walter Center for Career Achievement online. I'll include a link to how you can contact us in the show notes. Um, I encourage you to check out those show notes for details on how to reach us for some of the resources that we talked about today. Um, and if you want to talk to me personally, you're welcome to shoot me an email at m-c-a-m-b-o-n-e at iu.edu. Um, thank you again so much, Katie, and thank you. Stay healthy and stay safe.